Yes, people, what's going on? It's episode what of Griff's Brain Dumps? 347 of Griff's Brain Dumps. It's me, Griff, obviously. How you doing? I've got a guest on the pod. It's uh, younger Griff. How you doing? Say, say hello. Zavi, you gonna say hello? No? Not, not a thing? Hey, not, not a bit of noise? Just for the listeners? No? Just got a bit stage fright here. No, no problem. Anyway, he's, uh, I guess it's pretty quiet right now. Oh, here he is. And what else? Is it? Gang, gang. That's what we say. Gang, gang, gang. Anyway, um, he's doing good. It's me, me, and, me and the boy today. We just watched, fin- finished watching Baby Club. Because I'm not taking him out anywhere because it's cold. So we did some kid activities on the TV. And now I've got him watching baby TV while I record the pod. And he's probably going to try and smash up the phone so I can't record. But anyway, how are you guys doing? How's your week been? My week has been okay. What have I done? I gigged twice yesterday at Angel Comedy. Just handing out, um, handing out cards. Trying to sell tickets for my show on the... 29th of February 2024 at Pleasance Theatre. It's 200 seaters, people. I'm not sure if I told you that. It's 200 seater room. It's the biggest room I've done for myself for my own show. I did Camden Fringe. That was 40. I had 45 in there. Don't tell anyone. Uh, three nights in a row. So 40 times three, 120. Uh, so really, I've only gone up 80. Almost doubled it. What I've done previously before. Um, all in one night. So we'll see. We'll see what um, if we can do it, but yeah, let's say if you listen to this pod and you're about, if you're in you know London or Harlow in Essex or Hertfordshire, do anywhere that's commutable to London. That says 29th of February, uh, 24, and it's at 7:30, and it's going to be a good show. So it's uh, it's going to be a good show. I mean, the show itself, as in the content, is fantastic show. I know that it's been reviewed. It's been reviewed critically. No one said a bad word about it. So people said some good words about it. So come along to that. But, um, and I said a promo code for you guys, listeners of the pod. It's Cheap Seat. C-H-E-A-P-S-E-A-T. Cheap Seat. Then you'll get a discount if you use that. Right. What has been going on? So, so what has been going on this week? And I said, I've been gigging twice. Uh, and that's it. What else has gone on in my life? Nothing much, I don't think. No, nothing much. Um, no. I've been helping out more at night time with the, with the boy, which has left me tired in the daytime. It left me ratty and snaffy. And, um, you know, and I can't, can't think of anything to talk about, really. I haven't, I haven't really done much this week. I've just been indoors. I haven't watched the news. I don't even know what's going on in Israel. Palestine, old Gaza. I don't actually have no idea. Um, Learned about Venezuela trying to uh, claim some land, literally like 50% of Guyana. And I was like, oh my god, I can't believe they're doing this. Where does this come from? And I realised this isn't a new thing. I mean, it's ramped up activity since the 1st of November, the 2023 crisis, the Esquibo crisis. But then. I realised it's been going on for a long time. And it was almost kind of settled in the 60s. 
Um, but that was Venezuela said, nah, nah. I think there's another something before that, but they're saying there was collusion between the people making the, the assessment. I think it's two Americans, two Brits, and a Russian. Apparently, the Brits bribed the Russian <laughs> to give the land to Guyana. <laughs> oh, dear. But here's the thing, people. It's the same story around the world. What's the real cause of this border dispute? Is it the Guyanese people versus the Venezuelans? No. Because this border dispute happened way before these countries gained independence. You see, this happened. Yes, yes, you've already guessed it. There is this beef between European col- colonial powers. That's what it was. It was the... Uh, right, let me get this right. I think it was... Well, Spanish, obviously. Spanish would be Venezuela. And then if it was the Dutch first, then Britain took it from the Dutch. And they claimed this bit of land. It's all due to this bit of land between two rivers right i say it's a bit of that's quite a big chunk of land now land disputes it's never about what's on the land it's always about what's under the land that's what it's always about what is under the ground and that's the thing gold and oil see they let guy and keep demerara so you can grow sugar we don't care keep that give a shit we can grow sugar if we wanted. Boring. But golden oil, mm, that's ours. That, 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 that's mine. And it's uh, it's crazy, right? It's crazy that uh, this, this is happening. Like, it just shows you just how fragile these uh, concepts of borders are. I, I think, you know, Venezuela are going to risk getting sanctions against them from all these different, like, regional cross-national groups but um yeah i hope they don't kick off because ghana does not have the population or the firepower to be war in venezuela i think ghana has like three hundred thousand people in it venezuela has 30 mil <laughs> now i'm not saying that's any indication of the size of army but it's the best indication we have right um but yeah it's crazy it's interesting to see how people react to that. Um, if people are going to have to use the same argument, the same uh, argument points in Israel-Palestine, because the argument points in Israel-Palestine is well, those are the borders that were drawn up, so there it is. You know, will people be like that to support Ghana? Will people be like, no, Venezuela never claimed to it because historically that was part of Venezuela. Are people going to be saying that? I, I don't know. I mean, there are different arguments. And uh, in my head, I could easily rationalise how... Um, well, that's actually... I don't know. Like I said, these borders existed before these countries gained independence. So it's a, it's a rough one. It's a rough one. Um, oh, rough one. But yeah, that's, that's only a bit of international news. I know what's going on. Celebrity news. Don't know. Did he? That, that's off. Did I even talk about that last week? Did he? I don't think I did. I mean, it's done now, isn't it? I think every podcast I spoke about Did he? Uh, abuser. Uh, the loud silence of no support from anyone for Did he? Him stepping down as CEO of Revolt. I mean, when people do these kind of corporate moves of stepping down from key positions, what that tends to mean is they just move to another 
silent position, a quieter position where they're not visible, they're not the face, but they're still very active. That's usually what that means. So I ain't really watching that. Um, yeah, I mean, I've got a very quick summary on it, really, in the sense of Cassie suing his companies rather than him. And uh, do I think that's a smart move? Yeah, I think it's a fantastic move. Um, people say, you know, you should go for justice. You should go for justice. You've gone criminal. I don't know. I don't know since when $30 million wasn't justice. Okay? Like, not to make light of what happened to her, but if anyone... Let's not use abuse. Abuse is too strong, but it still applies to abuse. But if someone did me wrong and did me dirty and what they did was criminal, I don't really care if they go to prison. I want my things back. Give me back my things. And if you can't give me back my things, then give me the money so I can get back my things. You see? And if I can't get back my things... Then just give me money. That's justice for me. Give me something useful. Me find out you're in prison and me stood on the stairs outside the court going, oh, I'm, I'm just glad that this chapter has now ended. No! I'm broke and destitute because of how you fucked up my head. Very done. Right? So, give me money. Give me money. That's what I want. Give me money. That is justice. You will not twang me to make me believe that. Yeah, so the justice is that he he now has to sit in a in a jail cell. What was that? Got, what? How does that help me? How does that help me? If he sat in a jail cell, well, I, I've well, well, I've made a mistake here doing my guys. Is I've gone to look under the sofa for something. Zavi see my head on the floor and thought this is the start of a game. And now he sat on my head. And I don't know how to get him off my head. But dropped him on a hard floor. But ah, uh, now he's all right. There we go. Now he's off my head. Ah, yeah, yeah, mate. <laughs> um, look, look for a lid for a bottle. Very interesting chat. But um, yeah, thirty mil. That's justice. Money. That's justice. It's compensation. It's always happened. It's always been a form of restorative justice. It's always been there. So this chat about, you know, women aren't allowed to go for the money when they go for the money. It shows you that it weren't really an issue. It's some kind of shakedown. Blah, 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 blah. Let's shut up. Shut up, mate. All right. Give me money. Give me money. That's, that voice I do is from uh, Night Day Fiance. If you ever watched that, there's a guy from somewhere. Samoa, that's what you say Samoa if you're, if you're Samoan, Samoa, from Samoa, and uh, his mum and sister used to come over, his name was Oswelu, Oswelu, he seemed like this emotionally mature guy who had just the horn and just, just <laughs> he was hilarious, and uh, yeah, his mum and sister used to come over, and the conversation would last about five, ten minutes, just pleasant, but you can tell there's just an elephant in the room. No one's saying what they want to say, and it's the mum would just crack, and be like, "This is she speaking to someone, someone, someone of like for the whole conversation." And then she was going, "Ah, swell, oh, give me money," because <laughs> he moved to America. They're like, "You're rich now, 
Give me money. You need to send money back to someone. You're the man in the family. Send money back to someone. And uh, it, it would just be hilarious. So now whenever I say give me money, I always say it in that way. Give me money. Isn't it savvy? That's how we say, give me money. Give me money. Yeah, come on, let's get up. Let's come on, you go. Gang, gang. <sighs> yeah. Um, that, buddy? You gonna talk? Oh, I see. Shy one, are you? You're not actually a noisy child, so I'll give you that. But um, that's what's what else is happening in the world. I think what else? Uh, no man, I, I searched on X. Oh, I talking about X. Uh, Musk, Elon Musk, having his little meltdown <laughs> on TV. He's been accused of anti-Semitism. His defence is nice, nah, free speech, and let people say wild things both ways. Um. And advertisers go, no, we're going to pull money. We're going to stop advertising. And he's like, what? They don't try and blackmail me for money? Then I say to them, fuck you. And you can see the interviewer is like, what? Pardon? And it's, I wish I had a camera of the CEO of Twitter, whose job is is to, you know, keep the business running and sell advertising. Uh, When... (laughs) I mean, your day-to-day job to keep this business running and then your chairman and your owner's just like, I don't care. I mean, good luck in getting your bonus, though. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't care. It's just wild. Imagine, imagine you, listening, imagine you work at IT. And the, the director, you're the director of IT. Yeah? So your KPIs are based on, you know, cybersecurity, network efficiencies, yeah? And then your chairman just comes in and he's like, you know what? Because what? I, I posted all everyone's email addresses. What? Yeah, all our clients, all our customers, I just, I just gave out the email addresses, my friend. I don't give a shit. <laughs> he's like, I, okay, my bonus is based on sub. Yeah, good luck. But I don't care. <laughs> I mean, this guy is just a nutcase. I, I don't know what is wrong with him, uh, but I did like his stance. That kind of people holding a gun to your head, and you go, I'll shoot myself first to show you I'm bad. I mean, someone's holding you at knife point, you pull a knife out of your pocket, you just slice your face, go, Come on, then. Come on, then. Advertiser, do what? Yeah, whatever, man. <laughs> I mean, he's like, well, I guess, we, guess we're not going to advertise on X. And he's like, good, go away. That that kind of attitude. I'll see how, I'll see how it uh, goes, man. Because I've never been in that position. To give that, you know, sceptical, go on in, go on in. And just let people just walk away. Sorry, bro, did sceptical scare you? Gordon, Gordon. Ah, oh, you didn't. Yeah. All right, all right, mate. Ah, ah. What um? Anything else be going on in the world, Sammy? What's going on in your world? Tell us. What's that? 
You've had a, yeah, you've had a bit of a cold, haven't you? A bit of a cold. I'll give you an asthma pump on all sorts to get rid of that phlegm off your chest. Yeah, that's it, really, isn't it? That's all. What's been happening in your life? Um, not much. Pretty, pretty boring trip. <laughs> um, is there anything else going on in the world? Terry Venables passed away. El Tell. Uh, Tottenham. Tottenham, former Tottenham boss, England boss, Euro 96. That that was the first football competition I remember, like, properly. Like, I remember, you know, snippets of World Cup 94. I remember supporting Italy because I've watched Football Italia and, and Roberto Baggio was, like, my favourite player. Robbie Baggio, he had the divine ponytail. I had the ponytail when I was younger. Well, I was, I was in reception class at school. Uh, it was 94. I had, a, I had a ponytail. I had a fade. Well, I say a fade. probably wasn't a fade. I was, I was, I was in reception class. It's probably proper island on my head. I just hair about I had hair. I had a, uh, not a massive high top, but a little bit of high top. And a uh, ponytail. Ponytail at the back. I used to love my ponytail. The problem was, people used to pull it. Used to pull my ponytail, man. And it used to annoy the shit out of me. And it hurt as well. And then they used to pull it hard. It wasn't like malicious. People just used to oh, what's, what's that? Ah! So it's attached to my head. And I remember one day, I said to my uncle, shave, shave it off. Cut it off. She's like, are you sure? I'm like, yep. He's like, are you sure? Yep. And I remember being cut off. This is a flashback. We cut off and just having the ponytail. Remember, my mum with my sister. This ponytail in their hand. So it's in front of me. Go, there you go. It's off now. I'm like, okay, that's what I wanted. And from then on, I've never had the ponytail again. But yeah, Badjo is my guy. And, you know, I like to tell him from Gagjaw. Watching James Richardson sit outside uh, the Galleria in Milan with a Gazzetta della Sport and an espresso. Milan! I mean, let's yeah, just say all the names in proper. Sampdoria. And, uh, yeah, I, I, I do have a favourite Italian. I, I, there's a few Italian teams I've always just liked for whatever reason. Uh, Juventus, that's uh, La Vecchia Signora, or the Bianconeri, that's the old lady, or the White and Blacks. And then uh, Fiorentina, it's La Viola, this is Violets. Was like those two teams and the boys like um, Sampdoria. Is the Volpi? It's the Foxes, and um, yeah, those being my teams. Just bear in mind, that's those three teams. And you uh, start like Palmer as well. You start like Palmer. Well, I think that's simply because my name is Palmer. So it's one of my one of my names, one of my family names. Uh, so yeah. I feel always like that. Not spoken the Italian way. Um, but yeah, so like those teams. But uh, so I supported Italy in that World Cup. Um, I didn't realise that all Caribbean people just supported Brazil because none of our teams were ever good enough to make it to the World Cup. So it was the penalty and Baggio, not just Italy, Baggio, my guy, kicked it over the bar. I expected everyone else in the room to be heartbroken like I was. Uh, I remember my brother, 
and my cousin's boyfriend just knee sliding on the floor. He's like, yes, get in. And I was like, you bastards. <laughs> that is, that's Robbie Van. Look how sad he is. And they're just like, yes. They was just so happy Brazil. Well, now I'm older. I'll be like, yeah, of course I want Brazil to beat Italy. But, um, but, but yeah, all right, man. Um, well, on my, I think I've described my basis of World Cup support. Euros, the Euro draw happened this week. There you go. That's another thing we can go on to, I suppose. Um, the difference between my World Cup supporting matrix and my Euro supporting matrix. So my World Cup supporting matrix is this: it's uh, Jamaica. I only made it to one World Cup, so that uh, that kind of negates that. Then it was um, then it is Carib- the other Caribbean teams. Um, not 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 saying Central American, I'm not saying North American. So the Caribbean teams. So Trinidad and Tobago, they've made it to a World Cup. One of them, one of them to do well. Um, and then, and then any Central America team that has a Caribbean leading, you know, like a Belize, Costa Rica. That's it. Then African teams, Sub-Saharan Africans. Let's not mess around. It's African teams that got black players, right? I'm not support. I'm not going hard for Morocco, like I'm going for Ghana, okay, or Nigeria, or South Africa. Yeah, th- those teams are getting more of my support than an Egypt or a Morocco. It is what it is. Then, uh, then after that, it is. Uh, yeah, after that, I think it's England. After that, it's, yeah, it's England. After that, and then everyone else is just a free for all, really. After that, don't don't really care. Don't really care. <laughs> and uh, but Euros though, England, England first. Uh, I see a lot of black people. They end up supporting like France over England. I was like, I don't get that. Because the reason for supporting France or England is like, we don't support the colonizers. I was like, you, what? Why are you supporting France then? Because they're essentially Africa. I was like, that's essentially proof of their colonization. That's what that is. Yeah, so you just, uh, you think France is this kind of beautiful melting pot for black and African players? No, it's the racism's just in French. That's all it is. And that's all that is. So, England for the Euros. And it's the Euros coming up next year. So I, I will get into... I will get caught up in the whole it's coming over. It's going to be different though. We've got kids this time. This is the first time we've had kids for the Euros. Yeah, because the Euros happened... Yeah! The last Euros in where England got to the final... Zadie wasn't here. No, he was pregnant. Zadie weren't here. Hilarious. So since then, yeah, it's every four years. To be fair, it's not that amazing. But since then, two kids. So first Euros with kids. Therefore, I guess I won't be in the pub as much as I just thought I'd be. Ah, gotta make my excuses to get out to Germany. I love Germany. I love Germany. I've been to all the major cities, barring Munich. I've been to Berlin, Hamburg, Frankfurt, Cologne. Uh, 
Dusseldorf. And I think, I think that's it. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, yep. So I've seen Hamburg play football. Went to their stadium. I went when I was in Dusseldorf. We went over to Dortmund to see um, Borussia Dortmund. I was in Berlin. Saw Hertha Berlin. So uh, Munich's the only place I've gone. I want to go to Munich. München. I want to go there. Um, yeah, so I'd love to go to Germany for the Euros. Somehow, if I could get there some way, somehow, it would be great. But we'll see. We'll see if that comes to fruition. My mates apply for tickets. None of us got tickets. And when we went to the Euros in France in 2016, that was probably one of the best trips of my life. Seriously, one of the best trips of my life. I went to see two, semi- two quarterfinals, two semifinals. Um, it was just so fun. It was just so, so fun. Um, and plus, where we were based in Marseille. We based ourselves in Marseille. Because one of the final, one of the games was in Bordeaux. One of the games was in Lyon. But two games were in Marseille. So we based ourselves in Marseille. Like, didn't give up our hotel room or anything. We just left our hotel uh like for a few days and came back to our hotel while staying somewhere else. And what's so fun about this trip, right? There's in total about like 14, 15 of us out in France, but just in different places in France. I mean, a different ticket combination. So imagine this it'd be like eight of us in Marseille for the first game, and then four, four of them would go up to Paris. And four of us will stay in Marseille because we've got tickets for the next game in Marseille. But the other four have gone uh, to a game in Paris, and then and then three of us would get on the three of us would go to Bordeaux, and another one would be going to to like Toulouse. And then we, when we get to Bordeaux, there's like a different four guys. We're all like all of us mates just meet us in Bordeaux. We're staying in the house in Bordeaux for that game. And so, so he's like you just he's like just bumping into your friends. And it was so good. It was so good. The coordination. I mean, we were all. I think we were all childless then. <laughs> yeah, it's eight years ago. All of us were childless, so we had the time. The only few of us were married. Um, maybe none of us were married in 2016. I think 2016 was the first year of weddings, actually. So. Yeah, 2016 was the first year of weddings. So. So uh, yeah, none of us were married. So yeah, we had time. We had time, baby. We had time to just uh, coordinate our trip. Um, we had the committee who <laughs> decided how the tickets be allocated. Oh, so good. Such great organisation. One of the proudest moments of my friendship group to organise that trip. <coughs> hey, buddy, where are you trying to go? Oi, 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 oi. Where are you trying to go? Where are you trying to go? Where are you trying to go? You trying to get this? <laughs> Alright, let me make let me make you another bottle. What's the time? Oh man, yeah, you need another bottle, probably. You need yeah. Let's let's get you another bottle. Let's let's do some parenting. Hey? It's funny, you ever heard guys called this babysitting? Babysitting my kids this weekend. No, you're not. You're, you're parenting, you jabroni. Do you need do you want another bottle, mate? Is that what you want? Right, okay, let me get alright, let me get a bowl. I'm getting a bowl.
Alright, we're back again, people. Um, I don't think he's talking about anything, are we? But he's asleep, you can hear him. Strong. Right, so let's get Dear Dear. We haven't done it for a couple of episodes, so we'll get that in. And then we're just going to end the pod, and that'll be a nice, nice pod, won't it? Alright, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Let's go. Filling up my secret Santa um, list. Secret Santa of the family. And what I really need is new glasses. I can't believe I broke my glasses. So what happens is, right, my old company got uh, eye care cover. So you can spend up to £500 on glasses. So I spent the £500. But frameless Bagari glasses. Right? Uh, like 300 odd quid in total. I've got Ray Ban sunglasses. Uh, Nomi never liked these glasses. I feel like she's conspired to make me tread on my own glasses. Yep, yeah, I trod on them middle of the night. Uh, I thought it was my belt I trod on, so I, well, I trod on something. Ah, whatever. That's annoying that my belt was there. And then I woke up next morning. I was like, where are my glasses? Not on the side. And I just see this mangled shape on the floor. I was like, oh my god. Absolutely mangled. Took him to the optician. I was like, can these be fixed? And he's like, I've had a look. Essentially, no. <laughs> he's like, wear them as broken, but just know they're going to break at some point. So get a spare pair of glasses. So we're looking for a spare pair of glasses. That whole should have gone to Specsavers. My previous pair were from Specsavers. 89 quid and two for 99. I've got a pair of sunglasses as well. Everyone who sees my current glasses, no comment. Everyone who should see my old glasses from Specsavers, 89 quid, you spoke, I like your glasses? We like your glasses. I like your glasses. Where do you get your glasses from? We like glasses. Very nice glasses. Where are the glasses? Where do you get them from? Where are the glasses? I've never seen glasses like that before. Very nice. Like people would stop conversation. Can I just say, we like your glasses? I'm like, oh, thanks. This happened all the time. So I'm going back to Specsavers. Um, I just want to order it online because I'm so lazy. I've got to go into the Specsavers. And I was like, Darren, this is for your face. Could you please go into a shop and try them on? I'm like, oh. And then I actually want to get a pair that's just like the one I had. And they're in my car as spare backups. And uh, I couldn't be bothered to go into my car to look at what brand it was, what the, what the style name was. I was like, I just, I just want to order it online. So, um, well, let's see. Anyway, enough of that. Dear Deirdre, let's go. Dear Deirdre, finding my wife was cheating was bad enough, but doing it with my brother has broken me. Golly, young brother, old brother. Does it make a difference? I think it does. Younger brother would be worse. You know? You just assume that old brother has more about him. Younger brother is just like, he just like, he's like shagging. Right, finding out my wife was cheating and having sex in our bedroom is bad enough, but, does, but discovering my brother is the other man has broken me. My wife and I were school sweethearts. That is horrendous. I know it doesn't make a difference, but it does, right? It does. You know, it rattles your brain going, how long has this been going on for? So, so don't get how that can shift. Schools, you're 42, school sweetheart, school sweetheart, so what, got to 35? Years are just, yeah, yeah that's, that's my, she's like my sister, she's like my sister, she's like my sister, too. 
Now, my wife and I were school sweethearts. We're both 20, 42. My brother's 38. He's younger. Terrible. Told you it's worse. My brother's fair and single. He's always been a real charmer. We're chalk and cheese. He's all about socialising and seems very confident, whereas I'm very happy in my own company. He and my wife both work for my cousin's property business. I'm a builder. Uh, when my wife hit 40, she changed. She became high maintenance overnight, spending hundreds every month uh, on her hair her nails, hair, tanning and Botox. So she got insecure. She started aging. She's like, ah, I look old. And just gone crazy. And as Bill Burr says, then you end up looking between this age of 44 and 45. As in, not that you look between those two ages. It's you're an age that doesn't exist. You're just this weird thing where no one knows what age you are. And not in a good way. You just don't look human. It's hard to age you. Anyway, so... But none of that seemed to be to my for my benefit. She wasn't interested in spending time with me, instead going out every opportunity with her friends, or at least that's what she told me. She started doing yoga and running in her spare time. She looked great, but still she wasn't bothered by what I thought and always had an excuse to not have sex. Um, I started to get suspicious when I noticed she was permanently attached to her phone. She never left it unattended, not even when she went to the toilet and seemed to be messaging someone constantly. One day, I said, I need to watch that then. Because that's me. I just play on my phone a lot. And I take it to the toilet because I'm like, I'm going to literally sat down. To let you guys know how, what too much information. I, I take a long time on the toilet. So if I'm going to sit down there, it's like, let me get my phone. Let me get a headphone in. And watch all the stupid memes that my best mate has sent me. And the, you know what I mean? Because I can't listen to them out loud with the kids about. And I just have a little laugh to myself. I'm, you know what I mean? But I guess our relationship's calm, so it hasn't given nobody anything to be suspicious of. But imagine if it was tension in our relationship in that way, then my behaviour looked like I'm, I'm talking to someone on the phone. <laughs> but same with her. Same with her, except for, do what? I know she's not, because my wife does this thing. I've spoken to uh, a list of the pod, his wife does it. Uh, it's like they're 14 year old children who don't know how to use headphones. So I actually always know what my wife's looking at. Because she'll just play a YouTube video out loud while I'm watching something. Well, we're watching something on TV together. Or she'll start doing voice notes. She's a voice note person. Yeah, because as I was saying to her, right, this happened to da-da-da. And I was like, oh my God, why do you think that? I'm looking at her like, are you serious? What are you doing? You've paused the show we're watching together because you need to send your friend a voice note. At least I'm just texting. You're doing a full... I don't, oh, it's, it's ridiculous, it's unbelievable. Anyway, messes and someone constantly. One day, I got a really bad headache at work and went home at lunch. Pulling into my drive, I was surprised to see my wife's car outside the house. As soon as I stepped inside, I heard movement upstairs. Before I had even got to the top of the stairs, my brother emerged, flustered and red-faced out of our bedroom. I was so shocked, but managed to lunge at him. He quickly dodged me and dashed downstairs and out of the door. Coward. He dodged you. What kind of lunch is this? Because in a narrow hallway, I've got you. You can't, you can't sniff away. I'm just running at you. I'm not even really trying to hit you. I'm just trying to make contact. My wife emerged moments later. She looked me straight in the eye and said, well, at least you know now. Jesus. Oh, dear. 
there was two weeks ago and we're still not talking. I'm in the spare room. Wrong. She's in our room. Wrong. She should be in the spare room. Right, do what, to be fair. It's one of those ones. Alright, my person's done something wrong. Well, I'm happy to sleep in this room. Well, I don't want to sleep in the same room as you. Well, you move then. <laughs> so, yeah, actually, that is why you're in the spare room. Fair. Fair. I'm, yeah, it's true. I'm not trying to stay in the same bed. Luckily, I'm not in the spare house. Do you have kids? Uh, let's see. I'm still not talking. I'm in the spare room. She's in our room. We have two young sons, and I don't want to lose them. Oh, I feel so crushed. I'm struggling to see a future. Uh, mate, listen. Focus on the sons. That's it. Is focus on your sons. Don't worry about her. She's an ass. Uh, your brother's an ass. You know, just um, just move on, man. Just gonna move on. Um, let's see. Uh, your brother's single, so you can't even smash his wife as traitor. Tell your tell your parents if they're about. Definitely tell your parents. Um, that's how you find out whether you're the favourite or not. Because when they start trying to justify him, his behaviour. So you know, just these things happen. He's like, what? Why are you not having a go at him? Look, we're not going to take sides here, okay? You're both adults. You know, <laughs> that's what you know. Your parents don't rate you. He's the favourite. Um, let's see. Uh, stuck in the right. I'm 33 and I feel like my life isn't going anywhere. Please help me. Okay. I feel like my life isn't going anywhere and I think I need to seek professional help. I'm 33. I'm finally realising I need to grow up. Since leaving school, I've mostly partied hard. And there wasn't any rush before, and I travelled for years, taking seasonal work wherever I could find it. I worked on farms and bars as a ski instructor, and had gorgeous girlfriends, but somehow I was never ready to settle down. I always figured that I had time to develop my career and personal life. Now I have no idea what I want to do. I desperately need uh, help when it comes to decision making regarding my future. Do you have a list of reputable life coaches? Please help me. Um... Listen, I did a the personal development course. It's the course that got me started doing comedy. Um, it's a course called Landmark. Landmark Forum. A few people know have done it. And it's one of those courses that uh, proper gets into your... When you're there, if you fully just take it on, you're a bit weird for a few weeks and months after. You're a bit weird after it. Because it's just in you. And your brain's just been opened up in different ways. And you just think about things completely differently. And then normal life just gets back on you. So it is actually one of those things that you probably should continue doing. Um, but when you're in there, you're like, you're just trying to sell me another course. You're just trying to sell me another course. And to be fair, I know that some parts of it I've taken with me forever. Uh, but I don't have the kind of wide-eyed, wired energy that I had when I was in there and just left after it. But it gave me a lot of, not direction, but a lot of uh, tools to direct myself. So I would recommend it. I would recommend it. But uh, it does make you a bit weird. If you just fully immerse yourself in it. Oh, yeah, you some weird folks. 
get some weird folks in there, man. Um, which is strange, but funny is none of the uh, the teachers, the guides, the instructors, whatever they can't remember what they're called. Because they're like eyeing me up to be one. Um, but yeah, none of those guys uh, are um, are weird. They're all really normal. But um, but all of us who are in it just got a little bit weird. <laughs> you don't feel weird when you're there. It's when you start to talk about other people. Like, and me and my wife clash on the way we talk about things as well because there's certain bits from that have stuck in my head. You know, like, uh, she'll be talking about a friend or a former friend. Someone she's falling out. So why is, why are they like this? As you give an example, oh, so we had a leak from our, you know, this, remember I had the leak from a bathroom. She haven't had the remedial works done to do that to the living room downstairs where we've got like stains on the ceiling. And it's taken ages. And we've had this warranty and it's, it's all been done, but it's just taken flipping ages. And it's really jarring how long it's taken. But it's getting done, okay? Uh, but it hasn't been the most straightforward conversation with the plumber. And Naomi asked me, go, why why is he like this? Why is he such X? And I said, with my we don't actually know he's like that. He's he's not like anything. That's just how he occurs to us. And she's like, oh, okay, why is he so and then and I go she goes, No, but he's like he's such a wanker, he's such a terrible person. I go, but he's not. He might be bad for us, but he might be like a great brother, a great son, a terrific husband. And she's like, okay, I don't know him in those capacities, fine. Why is he so bad at business? And I go, I don't know if he's bad at business. I go, if I look at his reviews, he's got really good reviews. It might just be us. Uh, and she goes, oh, why are you just? She goes, why is this conversation so hard with you? I go, no, I'm just saying. We can't judge someone on the instance they are to us, how they are to other people. Let's take, I'm a celebrity, Nella Rose, at the moment, she's being just brandished that's just like just I don't even know not good right she's not come across as well yeah if you she's got a garnered an amazing following on YouTube I don't think people follow her because they don't like her I think they really like her so it's how someone occurs in one moment and you're going to just try to make that them as a person so I try not to do that so even if someone's pissing me off like my plumber and not get not fulfilling his warranty duties and fixing our living room I'm like, he is being annoying in this moment. This process is annoying me. The way this is interaction is annoying me. But I don't know him. You know what I mean? I don't know him. So I'm not going to make aspersions about him. Although I have found the process jarring. <laughs> um, but yeah, so it's a good course. It helps you think about things like that. Um, another thing as well, it's like a little bit of that IP is... Um, basically when things happen to us we tell a story about what happened to us and we end up remembering the story and not what actually happened so one guy gave an amazing example um when he was there about how he thinks his dad thinks he's stupid um and what this exercise to make you do goes okay try to remember the earliest time your earliest memory of your dad thinking you're stupid. And they've got like little, they've got these two, like a Venn diagram, two circles. What happened and the story. 
Okay, and as you're saying details, the guy the guy's running the course is writing into each individual circle. So he goes, okay, what happened? He goes, right, I was six, my brother was eight. He said, okay, he goes, that's what happened. We went camping. He goes, that happened. Um, he goes, yeah, and then I remember we were. He asked me for these particular uh, pegs, but I instead of me getting those pegs, I picked out these other ones, and my dad goes, no, those ones are stupid. And I remember him and my brother laughing. And then, and then so in the circle, he's going, right, got asked for pegs, you got the wrong pegs. And then he goes, right. And then he goes, right, now read this back to it, read it back. And he goes, six years old, went camping, got uh, asked for, <laughs> so I to get one set of pegs, got a different set of pegs. And then he goes, yep. And then he's just laughing at it. He goes, well, well how do you feel now? And he goes, a bit stupid he goes why he goes because i've made up this whole thing that my dad's always thought i was stupid because he called he called me stupid once when i was six but i actually made a mistake <laughs> that was actually quite a funny mistake and he goes are these pegs similar he goes no not at all they're completely different and then he goes what are you gonna do in the break he goes uh i'm gonna call my dad and and what what they made us do is so they made him call his dad not in front of us Tell him what he's tell him this what he thought, the reason why he thought it. Like, tell this story. Like you have to tell your dad just listen, don't talk. And and apologize for holding that against them. And he and he came back after the break, because had the conversation go. He goes, My dad was so confused. He was just like you you think I think you're stupid. He goes, You you he said, you're literally the smartest person I know. And then he's just like, oh, and he's been carrying this weight in his head that this person thinks he's stupid and he's stupid. And each time he does stuff, he thinks his dad thinks he's more stupid. And all this time his dad's like, no, you're the smartest person I know. And then me and my wife have these, again, these back and forth. So he's talking about someone. I was like, but you don't know that's what they think. He said, no, but clearly they think that. Because why would you behave like that? I'm like, I don't know why he'd behave like that. And then she's like, oh, she's getting annoyed at me because it's obvious why someone behaves like that. I go, no, you can make an assumption, but you don't actually know why they behave like that in that moment. I go, they might not know why they behave like that in the moment. And the conversations go circular. It's just a real circular conversation. But I took that from that course as well. Was again, is uh, separating what actually happened in an incident, even to me, and then what I'm telling myself as the story. Of what happened or oh, that person doesn't like me that person's racist that person's this that person's that this person's this it's like no all that person did was step in front of me to walk on the train before i did and they barged me then my head's like did they even barge me or did they just step in front and they didn't actually care who was behind them it wasn't anything to do with me it was just them wanting to go on the train you know what I mean? Where some people are like, no, they barge me because they think I'm a dickhead. I'm some kind of dickhead. Everyone on this platform thinks I'm a dickhead. No, 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 no. No one can think I'm a dickhead. All right, that's it. I want to just punch this guy off in the train. It's all because of what you've told yourself in your head, what happened. And it's, yeah, it was a really powerful exercise to do. So I so I would recommend the course. But like I said, it gets a bit weird. It gets a bit weird in there. Um, right, have we got any more? Dear Deirdre's, there's one more. Um. Oh, 
this is funny. Right, let's go. Trouble afoot. The word foot is just, I know, afoot. It's going to be something with feet, isn't it? There you go. I love my girlfriend, but a sexual request is starting to put me off her. Okay. I got to the point where it's starting to, I'm starting to make excuses. Dear Judy, as gorgeous as my girlfriend is, I'm not enjoying her recent sexual request, and it's starting to put me off. I'm 29. I mean, she's 29, I'm 30. Lately, she started to demand that I suck her toes before play. Mm. She's really good looking and takes a lot of care of her appearance, especially her feet. She goes for pedicures nearly every month and wears open sandals at any opportunity. And even in winter, we've been together for one year. Before this, I would have described our sex as perfect. We both have strong libidos and adventurous. It started off with a simple request to massage her feet which I didn't mind at first, although I was a little taken aback when she started to get visibly turned on. She still asked for a foot massage, but her request quickly moved to toe sucking. Again, I didn't mind trying it as a one-off, but now she started to ask for a toe suck every time we have sex. <laughs> it's got to the point where I started to make excuses. Sees <laughs> a waitress and is on her feet all day, and although she gives her feet a quick rinse, she, I still really don't want to be going anywhere near them. Listen, bro, I'm with you. This whole uh, freak light, diet freak behaviour that everyone's doing where feet is their thing now. I like feet, I like feet. Like, listen, either be full fat freak, yeah? You know I mean, say you like ornaments up your bum. Or just be regular degular. Okay? This whole... Oh, yeah, like feet. No, feet are not nice. They're just not. My feet are busted. Like, if Naomi says she wants to start playing with my feet in bed, I'd, I'd punch her in the face. That's on That's on record. That is on record right here. <laughs> I'm like, you've lost your damn mind. And if I tried to put my feet near her in any sexual way, she would stab me. She would stab me in the head and in the dick. It's just, no. Feet are nasty. Her feet are calm, but no. There's feet, in it? Just, no, just let's, let's not. God damn. So, yeah. Um, but, listen, you're with her. So, you, it's either you fulfill these things um, in, under some kind of compromise, or you leave. You leave, because you will not enjoy it. And no one likes having sexual favours done for them with the other person not enjoying it. Unless they are Diddy. So that's the end of the pod, allegedly. <laughs> that's the end of the pod. And um, listen, buy tickets for my show, Inconceivable, 29th of February, 2024, Pleasance Theatre, London. Uh, go use the discount code Cheap Seat, and you get some money off. You get the tickets for £10 instead of the listed price okay that is the end of the pod you lot are cool peace